3: Five, four, three, two, one.
1: But who's counting, right? And his name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major,
3: fantastic. It's the takeout.
1: This is a major achievement. With CBS
3: News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, hi.
0: Major Garrett.
3: Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? <laughs> the answer is yes.
0: Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week, and I really super mean it this week. Uh, New York City is where we are. It's April twelfth. It's a phenomenal day in New York City. It's like one of the first great spring days this year in New York City, and I could not be happier to have at the takeout microphones and table Roy Wood Jr. Roy, it's great to see you. Thanks How for you hanging doing? out. I'm good, man. How are you? I Appreciate you for having me, uh, man. It's great to see you.
4: It's that, like, we've been in, like, winter denial, like, spring denial. Like, (laughs) no, there still might be a snowstorm. I'm packing my coat again. There's a sucker punch
0: in there somewhere, yeah. I'm waiting on it, bro. When I was walking around before we sat down, people were walking out of their office buildings, like, looking up at the sun, like... It feels great. It feels Is it great. for real? Is it for true, Father? Is, true? <laughs> Is spring here?
4: I'd still think there's a snowstorm waiting. Uh, yeah. One of those April storms. Okay. I, I hate right. to be a Debbie All Downer. Right. But, okay.
0: yeah, uh, We are at a place called Monterey Brasserie. If we were going to lean into the Monterey, we would, but there's only one R, not two, so it's Monterey Brasserie. 50th between Madison and Park. It's a very nice part of New York. Mm. Really, really nice. Lots of designer stores, names I can't pronounce, or if I worked really hard at it, I probably could pronounce. For my taste, not enough smoke shops or hot dog vendors on the street. Not that I use them every day, but I just like knowing they're there. Yeah, this is a nice spot. This is what... Like, you can tell these are the
4: people who got out of Bitcoin right on time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they... Yeah, They timed it perfectly. Very good timing.
0: Very good timing. That's why they're smiling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They are smiling and enjoying a very nice lunch. So Roy will be the featured comedian at the White House Correspondents Dinner later this month. One of the many reasons we're having him on the show. He's been on the show before. That was Zoom back in the COVID lockdown period two years ago. Are you excited about that gig?
4: Yeah. Excited. And then just a little bit. Horrified isn't the right word. but Nervous. It's an opportunity. Nerves is nothing new as a comic. Right. I think fear is a good thing. Yep. If you're not scared, then that means you're not taking it seriously. That means you're not gonna prepare properly. Mm-hmm. I think fear is an important part of the process of performance mm-hmm. and preparation. But All once you get on yeah. the day, it is either you're ready or you're not dummy. Did yep. you did you prepare? <laughs> All right, right, then go do your thing you're prepared your thing. to do. Yeah. Also, it's kind of understood with the correspondence dinner that part of the room isn't going to like a joke. Right. And then it's going to oscillate, right. and it's going to be a constant back and forth. I, I just look at it as an opportunity, as a citizen, yeah. to be able to say something to the elected officials.
0: Right. And know the president will be right next to you at yes, the absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Are you going to make the, fun the of
4: the president? The, I, I don't know. I need to see some footage on Biden. I heard he could still throw a punch. That boy got a jab. So, (laughs) I don't know. But, yeah, I think to be able to say those things right there to the people Mm -hmm. is a beautiful thing.
0: So, I was at one time not only a White House correspondent, but on the board of the Correspondents Association. So, Mm -hmm. knew something about the conversation about who the talent would be each and every year. And it was described to me that a lot of comedians are not super enthusiastic about the gig because it's a hard room. Number one, yeah, it has to be new material because it's a hard room. So it's right. like a one show thing. It's right. not part of your normal routine. Um, yeah, and the Correspondents' Customs. Association is really about providing scholarships to collegiate journalists. It's not about paying comedians. So,
4: And let me add another hurdle. Yeah. As a comedian, you have to cook. You have to cook fresh. Yeah. On the day, you probably got two, three weeks worth of runway for most topics. Right. But now, because of technology and camera phones and internet, I don't have a lot of safe spaces to run this material in quiet. Comedy is the only genre of entertainment where it's, to a degree, it is prepared in front of the consumer. Mm-hmm. So, whatever club I go to work this material, I have the potential of some of that stuff. Same thing happened with Chris Rock the night before his live Netflix Netflix special. Mm-hmm. Half the Will Smith material was out on the internet, and they had made people lock their phones and put them in bags. And all the Chris, <laughs> and they had made people lock their phones and like put all the Chris Rock material like, and they had made people lock and their phones and they put the phones in bags. Yeah. And people remembered it and then went on the internet and tweeted it out. Right. So it's like you can't, you cannot figure. I cannot, I don't know who's going to leak what, so I almost have to do decoy material. Right. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, decoy material at the clubs. Yes. And decoy material at the clubs, but also workshop it with just your tight group of friends. And, and do you have co cool writers? Do you have people who yeah, will help I, you I out? Yeah, I have a this? couple
4: of writers, some people okay. from The Daily Show, some people who used to be at The Daily Show, right. and friends that I trust who know my comedic style. Right. So you just start putting the pieces together. I think the important thing, you just have to figure out what you want to say. Mm -hmm. Is there a bigger point you want to make? Okay, and then now how do you make that point funny? Right. Because at the end of the day, my job is to be funny. Right, no doubt. It's going to be plenty of poignant people up there going, no, yes, and uh, always remember, media, 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 and together, and unity, and bipartisanship. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes, yes. And you need to cut through that. I need to cut through that. Yeah. I just
4: need to be funny. Right.
0: But I've never seen anybody... But also, but also, perhaps, tell some of the people in the, in that room who are fighting over silly S to stop fighting over the silly S. Correct. Right?
4: Correct. I,
0: I think, though, it's an
4: opportunity, if you do it right as a comedian, to reach the voters. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you'll reach the politicians. I don't think any politician has seen a correspondence performance and the next day became bipartisan mm. or the next day changed what they were thinking about right. something. But,
0: but if you reach the voters, if you reach the voters, a feedback possibly
4: so. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna act like there's some magic bullet joke that's going to change the state of democracy. I think any comedian who thinks they're in possession of that joke is a liar and they are delusional. Yes. Needs more but therapy. At, at the end of the day, my comedy has been to try and change the way you look at something. Yep. I might not be able to change the way you think, but let me give you another angle yep. at how to look at this. No so doubt. that's what I'm going to try to do. And, you know, sink or swim, I'm going to go out and have a good time after it and act like it never happened if it sucks.
0: <laughs> Did you ever watch <laughs> President Obama give his remarks at this dinner?
4: Yeah, Obama's
0: funny. I mean, he's really good. Obama's funny. Biden was funny
4: last year in front of Trevor
0: Noah. Mm-hmm. There were a couple, of, as
4: a matter of fact, as it was told to me by one of the writers for last year with Trevor, Biden touched on a couple things like that Trevor was going to touch on. So he was like crossing out bits.
0: <laughs> and I going. know for a fact, because I covered the Obama White House, he leaned into that event. He really cared about that, worked hard, and has a better than average comedic timing. Obama. Obama could do an hour of stand up right now.
4: At minimum, he could do a storytelling show on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say the man is Cat Williams, and he's just got all the energy in the world, but he's charismatic enough Mm -hmm. to where I could appreciate a punchline from him. Yeah, I think I think he's funny. You know who I bet is funny if they would just unbutton their shirt every now and then. I bet you Al Gore is hilarious. So I can't prove it, but he just looks like he got some good food jokes in him. Like he just,
0: (laughs) and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. No, no, no. I I heard that. Uh, having covered him in the Senate when he was a senator before he became vice president, I won't say he was a humorless senator, but he was close to a humorless <laughs> senator. That's
4: disappointing. So, so
0: maybe he's funny in the elevators or on the subway or someplace else. Not funny at the dais, not funny on the Senate floor, not funny in the corridors, but maybe elsewhere. You know what? That makes sense because
4: he's all about climate change. None of them climate change people are hilarious.
0: <laughs> they fighting for what's
4: right, but they ain't they, funny. Right, right. Right, Leo and, DiCaprio's and not funny. No, but Greta me, Thornburg's not
0: funny. Me, She's, me, good, good job. Good what job. You're doing, but I ain't seen you crack a joke yet. Very honest. Yeah, but not funny. You're right. Might be more. George successful. Clooney's
4: kind of funny though. Clooney's all about the environment. <laughs> Clooney's got chops.
0: Clooney, Clooney occupies a very special place. I think we would all agree. When we come back on the other side of this break with Roy Wood Jr., we're going to talk not only about the upcoming White House Correspondents' Dinner, but about his fantastic—that's my word. And I'm going to use it again and again. Fantastic run as a substitute host on The Daily Show. Thank you, brother. Uh, It was great to see you there. They've had a great set of folks stepping in, stepping out. But I think you set the highest mark. I will just say that on my behalf. You don't need to say anything other than thank you, Major. Thank you, Major. I'm Major Garrett. We're at Monterey Brasserie in Midtown Manhattan. It's April 12th. It's a glorious spring day in New York. And I'm having a great time. Back for segment two in just one second.
2: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: Welcome back to The Takeout. Roy Wood Jr. is our guest. Could not be happier to have him at the takeout table. So you did the daily show for a week. How was that?
4: That was fun. That was fun. Is it harder for a
0: week as compared to a longer period of time in that you got four shows basically? I think it's,
4: I think hosting on a regular basis, I don't think you can simulate that even in a week, Mm -hmm. because being locked in, the thing that I was not prepared for, that I've never experienced as a correspondent, is being fully and wholly present from 9 a.m. until 7 when they take that microphone off of you, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I probably replied two emails a day, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe four text messages a day. Like, just yeah. the idea of every word, every syllable, mm-hmm. you want it to be right. You want right. it to be timed right. You want to be able to be saying something.
0: And for my audience who doesn't know anything about this or probably doesn't know as much as they would like to know about it, walk them through that day, that 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. What does that look like?
4: You get in 9 a.m. and you sit with the producers and the writers and you decide to a degree, it's no different than... Regular news. <laughs> what's the news today? What's the news? And to me, what's it's in two the columns. Yeah. Literally, it's right. rundown. So it's two columns. Here are the stories everyone's talking about. Here are the stories people should be talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: And then you just go through them and figure out what's the funniest, what stuff attaches to what. You know, a great example would be during my week, the Trump indictment came down right. on Monday. So a lot of that was about the fact that it's happening. He's going to turn himself in on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Then on Tuesday, we had a full 24-hour news cycle to kind of unpack. Oh, yeah. And it was less about Trump and more about how everybody else was spinning it mm-hmm. and how the media overcovered the, the hours. Yeah, here's uh, yeah. the door that he's coming through. And there are, he there's a courtroom through the door. with many doors. Yes. And through that door, people go. And through that door, other people going through this door, this door is for the judge. and <laughs> So there's jokes in that. Right. And then just as the day evolves, mm-hmm. we assign the stories from 10 to 12, writers write. From 12 mm-hmm. to 1, we look over the scripts, make the final tweaks with the producers right. on what the writers created. Uh, 2 o'clock, you get an hour to kind of defrag, have okay. lunch.
0: Right, right.
4: 3 o'clock rehearsal, we go from rehearsal straight to rewrite. We shoot the show at 6 o'clock. Bang. Sometimes six o'clock. 6 o'clock, we're done at 7. Right. Amazing. Wash, rinse, repeat.
0: Wash, so, rinse, repeat. And look, uh, this is evident to anyone who watched last week. The audience digs you. They stood for you. Jordan said, Hey, this guy to own it. And the, and the audience went nuts. They love you.
4: It was very kind of people, you know, to work, to have worked at The Daily Show for the last seven years. It'll be eight in September. To have people kind of appreciate what you've tried to contribute. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you know, a very wise man told me that, you know, you don't really have a job your job is leased. You're leasing yep, no the doubt. job. I think it was Doug Herzog who said yeah. that to me.
0: Now look, uh, this is not the same. Not remotely the same, but I have been fortunate enough at times to substitute anchor the CBS Evening News. Oh, So that's, that's holding the chair. That's holding the whole show. Yeah. Different than being a correspondent, <laughs> being in one slot for one, two and a half minute segment. And you yeah. think differently. You orient yourself differently. Your whole mind space is different. And you feel like you are, this is the way I feel, I'm holding everyone's work that day. So I'm not holding my work, I'm holding their work. That's fair. And you feel that way with the writers? You want to respect what they're doing? You want to honor what they're doing? But I'm also
4: carrying, the the difference, the biggest difference between a daily show correspondent and the host is that the host has the responsibility of carrying the emotion and gravity of an issue. Right. So the correspondent can come on and be as silly and as wild as they want and go, (laughs) bye-bye. Whereas if it's something serious that's mm-hmm. happened that day, yeah. you have to be able to funnel that emotion and be able to let people know, I know what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not going to be funny. There's yep. not going to be a punchline nope. in that chunk. God bless Dio Hughley. He came on the week that the Memphis Police Department yep. released the Tyree Nichols video. Right, His first day, Monday. Right, Whew. First day guest hosting a show you've yeah. never done anything with. It, oh, by the way, the police yeah. killed a black man. Uh, yeah. Handle that. Yeah, and you know he was wise enough to lean beat into the and beat and beat on him, and be be in the moment of that. He had on attorney Ben Crump, who was right. working with Tyree Nichols' family that right. day. Like it was, it was the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. But you have to have an inherent care and concern about the stories you're doing, which D.L. Yeah. Hughley did, which the every host has to have mm-hmm. for any show. Because any right show, yeah. We, we we sit and we, we crack jokes But you know I came on My week was Two to three days After the Nashville shooting yep. Yep. Um, That happened at the yep. school So By Thursday They were starting to kick members of Of the, the State representatives They were kicking yes, state right. reps out there Expelling yep. them at right. the house So that story and that's where it gets tricky with the Daily Show Is that you know, 3 o'clock, we're already in rehearsal, scripts a lot. Mm-hmm. We come out of rehearsal, and the news is now expulsion, expulsion, expulsion. Right. Well, the story has a different tone. So the jokes we wrote about possible expulsion right. at 10 a.m., mm-hmm. can't do those anymore. Right. Because the expulsion has happened, and now what is the ramifications of this? And there's serious ramifications. So now if I take these expo- the 10 a.m. jokes on a story that has evolved at 4 right. p.m., now I seem insensitive. Now I seem disrespectful to the people of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So you have to tweak that. You have to move that. Sometimes stories get scrapped altogether because our job is different from the media. And this is where, you know, people love to go, oh, The Daily Show is journalism. Okay-ish. But I don't have to do breaking news. No. Y'all got to do it. When he's expelled, you got to have something to say at 5 o'clock. Exactly. I can sit back and unpack it, figure out the whys, who to blame, why Mm -hmm. is this happening, what are the ramifications, and have well-peppered jokes within that, but I don't have to do that on the day. Right. I know people want that because people want to salve, but when you're joking adjacent to tragedy, you got to be very, you got to be surgical precise, bro. You can't just say what you want to say just for the sake of a joke that's
0: not thought out in terms of what are the ripple effects of that bit going to be. And we talked about this 2 years ago. That pain and humor live very close to one another. Mhm. They you, just do. You,
4: yeah. And you have a country that's in a lot of pain, pain, pain right
0: now. You feel that?
4: And just when you think we're past it, a new trauma hits you.
0: Mhm.
4: Oh, or Nashville happened, and okay, let's figure it out. Bipartisanship and expel the state rep. Oh, they're gonna let the state rep back in. Louisville,
0: Louisville. bang.
4: And now we're right back where we were. were. Right, right back. Yeah. So it's like that part of it. You have to always be prepared to talk about and address, you know. And we're also, I think, to a degree, where social media has helped people, but probably hurt comedy.
0: Walk me is through that.
4: that national grieving is more communal mm-hmm. because of social media? Mm-hmm. So, if someone is dealing with something in a particular part of the country, everybody feels that. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh one oh two or did you hear about the thing over there? Oh, that's messed up. Anyway, back to my life, mm-hmm. whereas now social media gives you the ability to see video. They show surveillance video the day after some of this stuff yeah. and that affects the entire country mm-hmm. so you have more people that are in a state of mourning and sadness and so because trauma it's is no visceral. longer
0: localized
4: but it's my job to make the nation laugh mm-hmm. and if the whole nation is sad right that changes your angle of attack mm-hmm. versus hey everybody let me tell you about this sad thing that happened over there it's let's all talk about the sad thing that happened mm-hmm. Because location doesn't matter anymore. Because now we know, regardless of the... And this just isn't mass shooting specific. Regardless of the tragedy, it could happen here. Mm. You know, the early days of COVID, when bodies were outside in freezer trucks. Right. That's communal. Right. That's communal pain.
0: And everyone in America saw the tents set up in temporary morgues in Central Park here in New York City.
4: Correct. Correct. So somewhere in there you have to find a joke i think the joke is into the causation of the trauma or the solution to the trauma but you don't have to joke on the actual thing and i think that's the hard part of comedy now but comedy is supposed to evolve it has always
0: evolved right so it has to reflect the times we're in i just think comedians have to change up when we come back for segment three with roy wood jr we're going to talk about that evolution of comedy there is a conversation going on about comedy feels restricted it's What can you do? What can you not do? We're going to talk about that. I'm Major Garrett Roywood, Jr. Monterey, Rossery in Midtown Manhattan is our location. Back in a minute.
2: Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
3: I could stay here forever.
2: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. (sighs) That's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe.
0: Welcome back to the takeout, I'm Major Garrett. No stage makeup is involved in this program. Roy Wood Jr. is with us here in Midtown Hello, man. Manhattan. It's great to see you. So you know this conversation, maybe it's a grumpy old man conversation. People are yeah. got, oh, you can't joke about the same things we used to joke about. What do you where do you come down on that? You can joke about whatever you want to joke about. <laughs> oh, you'll get canceled if you do things that are that were funny in the seventies. Cancelled how?
4: Like Show me the comedian without audience. Mm-hmm. Show me the canceled comedian who's not still working and has people paying money to come and see them. Mm-hmm. Okay, you might not be able to work in certain capacities in certain circles, and oh, the TV show fired you because they didn't want you to say the thing. That's not cancel culture. That's capitalism. Mm-hmm. I run a That's company. That's the
0: market deciding.
4: I run a company, and you coming on my property saying stuff that's making the customers mad. <laughs> you're bad for business. You gotta go. You can't expect any corporation to stand tall on morals and principles. Corporations have no principles other than dollars.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So say what you always want, but don't say been, it always here. always will be. Exactly, so if you're crying that some company won't let you say the thing, go start your own company. Yeah. Good for Trump.
3: Yeah.
4: Just say, hey, I'm gonna do truth social. That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. If you're mad at Twitter or yeah. you're mad at whatever other place, create your own create your own
0: soapbox. Right. But this as we are talking of- on April 12th, NPR, National Public Radio, has just quit Twitter because Twitter described it as state-influenced or state-sponsored state state media. Sponsored media. And they're like, no, we're not, so we're gone. Yeah. Go, leave.
4: Ain't and, nobody keeping you here. And we will be perfectly fine. And I think eventually the smoke and mirror in Twitter is going to be revealed on just how little influence they have mm. on how people get information Mm -hmm. it's a great place to have conversations but those those town halls existed before twitter and it'll just evolve i just i do not subscribe to the idea that i believe that there are a lot of comedians who want freedom of speech without freedom of consequence Mm. Mm -hmm. and there's going to be consequence now because you have marginalized groups that are going hey that's bs and if you keep rocking with that particular comedian we are going to figure out a way to attack your bottom line. Mm -hmm. And then there's also corporations that stand tall in that. You know, for everything that happened with Dave Chappelle and the trans community, Mm -hmm. Netflix never budged on him. They re-signed him, gave him more money. Mm -hmm. So corporations also have a right to make that decision, too. The best you can do is either watch the comedian or don't, go to a show or don't, Mm Everything beyond that, the comedian has to be prepared for. If I'm doing the White House Correspondents' Dinner, I can get up there and say wholeheartedly whatever the hell I want to say. Mm -hmm. I have to respect the fact that if I say something that ticks off a couple of people that are in charge of things that I want access to, those people may not give me access. Right. And I can be sad, and I can be, well, you know, 20 years ago, you would have let that slide. Why are you being mean now? (laughs) Because you're bad for business. Right. Yeah. Business. They're making it business, as my mm-hmm. uncle Derek would say. Yeah, right. From Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. You talk crazy if you want, boy. That's bad for business. Anything bad for business, right?
0: They're
4: gonna get rid of. Mm-hmm. So, this idea of trying to make society what it was. Mm-hmm.
0: We've never been that way. Yeah. That's one of the I think genius aspects of this yeah. country and this yeah. experiment. You know, there's certain. We places- are constantly reinventing and reimagining and evolving this thing. There's certain places I won't go. What do you mean? Topic-wise. Okay. Just just my
4: own personal code. Everybody has a code of stuff they will and won't joke about. But... Examples. If comedians are disabled, um, pretty much anything anything bullying or that I perceive as bullying marginalized groups picking on people yeah but picking on is a very gray area that's very perception based Mm -hmm. so my perception could be I'm not picking on you and somebody else will go I didn't like it our bars might be at different places but a lot of my stuff is rooted in the fact that I got picked on a lot growing up Mm -hmm. so my stuff is rooted in my own traumas and stuff so but I'm not going to tell somebody that they can't say a thing but it is unrealistic to get on somebody else's network that they're paying to get on the air mm-hmm. and believe that you get to just plant a flag in the sand and say whatever the hell you want to say without, without consequence. Right. There's no morality from corporations, good or bad. It's all fiscal. I and I think that's something I wish more people understood about cancel culture is that it's not, comedians are no different than, than liberals in the sense that they want a company to behave a certain
0: way. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen.
4: If it's not profitable, it's not going to happen.
0: Exactly. So I know you're a fan of the show. Last week we had Dave Stassen on and Jay Ellis. Oh, love Jay Ellis. We talked about like History A2, of the World.
4: But Jay, I know. Not because yeah. he's black. Right. <laughs> I probably a it because he's black. But also, Dave Good. Yes.
0: yes. We were talking about History of the World Part 2. <laughs> yes, the Hulu yes. series. And we had the same conversation. They had their take on it. And I said, let me ask it from another perspective. Because I'm a huge fan of Mel Brooks. <laughs> Huge fan of History of the World, Part 1. So been but History of the World, Part 2, you took your comedy outside the Western canon, if you will. Are there parts of our commonality now and marginalized communities who are part of the conversation in which you can find comedy and things have gotten more available as opposed to less available? They both came down on more available. There's more things to joke about, more things to talk about, and they worked it into the Hulu miniseries. I do think that part of
4: that especially when you talk about Mel Brooks or who I also grew up on, the Zucker brothers, Mm -hmm. you know, the airplanes and, you know, and even like the Naked Gun series and all of that stuff. So much humor is rooted in a group being able to laugh at themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think when we talk about including other people into a conversation, there has to be a little bit of concession in being able to laugh at yourself. Right. Right. I think that's an important part of the unification of comedy. Part because of what
0: comes with it is you're at the table. And at you're at the table, guess what?
4: You have to gotta
0: check a yourself jab. a
4: little bit. You to take a jab because yeah. everybody's getting jabbed, right. and that's part of it. But I think the issue is that a lot of marginalized communities that are now starting to come to the table, this is fresh. The wounds are fresh. Yeah. The hurt is fresh. The hate outside their door is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah. a joke about them now in this society it's hard to connect the link back to whoever the crazy person is that does the crazy thing and they right. say yes absolutely I did it because of the joke that I heard Yeah. but comedians have to also acknowledge that might it could contribute mm-hmm. but I think at the end of the day if you humor is about being able to laugh at yourself that's part of it I now, what, the severity of it and yeah. how intense you can make the joke. How do you season it for taste is where the debate lies, mm-hmm, but
0: mm-hmm. I don't
4: think any one group can come to the table more holier than the next group going, I can joke about y'all, but you can't joke about me.
0: Right, right. Uh, I watched one of your specials, and you opened with a set of jokes about the national anthem and protests. What's yeah. wrong with the anthem? Is it, the... the
4: I find it odd that we just have to sing the anthem at fun events. It's like, let's all, before we have fun, let's remember how great America is.
0: And how bad this song is.
4: Yeah. But what I was, all I was trying to say with that joke was that why that song? Like, if it's just about the anthem, Let's just find a song everybody agrees on that's not as divisive. <laughs> we all tune, not whack. Yeah, and, and I said Bruno Mars. Like that's one of the things we all agree on is Bruno Mars. Like
0: who's more American than Bruno? Yes, Mars? Yes.
4: Like well, how did I say it on stage? Like Bruno Mars looks like every American at yeah. the same time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I don't remember how I worded it. Southern he looks like the melting pot. <laughs> like he's a handsome, gorgeous. <laughs>
0: Like, I aspire to Bruno Mars. You know, yeah. I'll never get within a hundred miles of it, but I would work on it if I could. But that's what I that's what I like talking
4: about. I like figuring out these little pockets of
0: And telling someone that's not the right way
4: to protest. Yeah, it's not your pain. <laughs> right. Don't tell me how to deal with my pain. You never come home arguing with your spouse and then tell them, well, that's not how we debate. You're the one that cheated. Let them dictate how to be mad. Even if it's the wrong way to start, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, there's just this expectation of respectability politics without first acknowledging the pain that people are going through. And I think that's a lot of the issue with where we are with humor as well and that groups are going, I need to know that you see me and see my pain first. Before you go running up and down the street doing jokes about me.
0: That is Roy Wood Jr. We are in Midtown Manhattan. Monterey Brasserie is our place. It's great to hang out with Roy always. We did it two years ago on Zoom. Much, much better in person. Come back for segment four in just one second.
2: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax-certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive. And start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs. A gripping murder mystery.
0: Welcome back to The Takeout. It's a great day when Roy Wood Jr. is at the table with you, so it is one great day for me. Uh, Roy, do you want to do The Daily Show?
4: If it's offered to me, I'm not going to turn down an opportunity to be a black person talking about America four nights a week, yeah, yeah. plus a podcast, The Daily Show Beyond the Scenes. That's right. Wherever you download podcast. Um
0: I, wherever you download your podcast I would figure
4: out the rest of it as I go mm-hmm. but I think if I didn't learn anything else from my week of guest hosting The Daily Show is that definitely it was fun to be able to do something other than what I've been doing for the last seven years as a correspondent mm-hmm. so I mean even if the, like, I don't know which way that's going to go I don't know what's going to happen with that but regardless of that you've given me I've gotten the taste yeah. of hosting so I'm yeah. going to host something mm-hmm I'm going to host something somewhere. Hope is here, but
3: I don't know. You have that look
0: on your face of a child who's eating a cupcake for the first time. Bro,
4: you know what hosting hosting a daily show the first time was like? It's the scene in Finding Nemo where the shark and the blood goes up Bruce's nose. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) That was me the first time I sat in that chair. It was like that blood going up the... "Mm." Oh, Yeah, like Thanos when he got that last mm. Infinity Stone. Yep. Ah. Yep. Uh,
0: so you know, I don't know. Was- Nemo to Avengers: Infinity Wars, ladies and gentlemen. That is rain. <laughs> also, the same company, all on Disney Plus. Wherever you watch. You're
4: not wait, no. I'd be shouting out Paramount Plus. Don't go to Disney Plus. Only choose Paramount Plus. Way better than Disney Plus. A uh, subsidiary of CVS and Comedy Central.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um.
4: I don't know where late night is going.
0: Yeah, that's the question. So, what what is so the Daily Show that John brought to this country's attention? Is it the same product? It doesn't occupy the same space. Our headspace is different now than it was back then. Well, it's
4: also more splintered now. Late right. night became more splintered. Just, so much just of, as news is more splintered. So much of late night is all late night satire. They're all We're all, we're all John Stewart's children. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not a knock. It's the evolution of the am. craft. <laughs> like Actually, like John Stewart. The
0: he doesn't know it. I haven't brought the case bro for him yet. But.
4: <laughs> but, I mean, so many of the shows that have come and gone, you know, between the Sam B's and Why Problem Areas and John Oliver's, even the way that Seth Myers does his first segment in Late Night, to the way we've evolved, it's all splintered off of that. Even Jon Stewart's new show, The Problem with Jon Stewart, is a child of John Stewart. So... You look at that, and then you also look at the cancellations. Mm, Yeah. And where TV is starting to, from what I can tell, there is a creative contraction happening, Mm -hmm. and from that will be a new expansion. But for now, things are getting more and more finite. Very very tight belt. So Sam B's gone. Mm -hmm. Z Way's gone. Sam J and what she was doing over at HBO with Pause that's gone. So you look at fewer and fewer shows that if there's still shows left, and you have an opportunity to say stuff, it becomes even more important because there's less outlets now. To me-
0: Back to where we started, fear. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously.
4: To me, me, the biggest thing with the evolution of political satire, which is to satirize the news, is to also see, in my opinion, how where people get their news has evolved. Mm -hmm. And what are the ways to satirize that? Yeah. Cause everybody who watches the news and everybody who gets the news, they don't get it from a shiny desk in Lester Holden anymore. And that's just metrics. Right. I don't say that in disrespect. No, to of course evening not. We news. all know that. We all know that. You know, I mean wrong, you know, John Muir is doing a great job. Yeah. Like people are killing it on their with their respective
0: with their respective outlets. But, but the audience is so much smaller, fractionally as large as it was in the glory days the sixties and seventies. They just schools of fish. Yeah, the fish are still
4: in the ocean. Mm-hmm. You just have to see where they moved. I went fishing with my brother in Birmingham, and so now I think yeah, I yeah. know fish. <laughs> 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 he has one of those sonar things. Yeah. Oh, the catfish was here yesterday. Tomorrow it over here. So you just have to keep mm-hmm. kind of. It's the same thing with big Alaskan fishermen off the yeah, Bering right. Strait. Like it's all.
0: Where did the people go? They didn't die? No, no. But there are, uh, I would say, smaller schools, and they are in more rigid swimming patterns. Correct. You know? Correct. Oh, it's
4: very compartmentalized. It's very divisive now. I only want my news from right here. There used to be a little bit more Mm -hmm. cross-pollination, so you could catch more fish of differing political views with the same type of program. But I still think there is a way shows like The Daily Show Mm -hmm. to still have a place within the political conversation that honors everything that's happening now not only in what the divisiveness is but also where people get their news because I think the trick to political satire has always been having an opinion about issues or people that have an opinion Right. you know like oh that's Fox News, that's what I watch. That's the, the, he's my guy. Right. Oh, wait, he said something about my guy? Uh, let me see what he said about mm-hmm. my guy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the James Carville, Tucker right. Carlson, early era CNN crossfire stuff sure. was. And when you look at everything, like when you talk about Jon Stewart and everybody he
0: was taken down, it was because it was people that other right. people cared about. So, Baseline question, is liberal hypocrisy as funny as conservative hypocrisy? Not the liberals. No. Liberals don't like it at all.
4: Oh, they don't like it. And they will stare at you, let me tell you. Ain't nothing scarier than bombing in front of liberals. I've I've tried to tell some hypocrisy jokes out there in Brooklyn. Not feeling it. Not a fan. No,
0: no, no. Daggers, lots of daggers.
4: But it don't change the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, as a comedian, it's your job. Is it's to your find job. that truth wherever it is. Your and job you care, is to find... No, I can't. I Liberal, can't. Liberal conservative. I cannot, as a comedian, come into any situation prepared to do anything other than tell the truth and call out the BSIC. Mm-hmm. You can love me, and you can hate me. It is what it is. I might go up at the correspondence dinner and have whatever anybody considers to be a great set, or it might be like mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert. Where people go, oh, that was not. How dare dare you? you." How dare you? And then years later, they go, oh, wait a minute, that was funny. That was good.
0: That was like money.
4: That was amazing.
0: Yeah, that set grew in its significance and its landing, but it took years
4: because he didn't waver from what he wanted to do and what he had to say because he knew it was the truth. The truth moves slow, but it moved. Mm -hmm. So you have to stay on. You have to honor that, and anything else that comes on the other side of that, you can't be concerned with. Mm -hmm.
0: So when you walk off or when you sit back down at that podium at that correspondence dinner, you're going to be good either way? Yeah, I'm good. You're good? I'm good. I've
4: done what I was supposed to do, Mm -hmm. which was speak on this country and what's going on. I have a rare opportunity that most voters don't have, and that's to be face-to-face with all of their elected officials. Mm -hmm. And the officials have to shut up.
0: Mm -hmm. And
4: Listen. That's the beautiful thing. It's a bunch of politicians with no microphone. When you see that,
0: it is a beautiful thing. Trust me, <laughs> I've been around too many and too many microphones. No, no, man, Roy we'll Wood Jr., what a great hangout this was. We've I got just one more second. Sure um, the takeout, take especial. Hang around for that, but Roy, thanks, man.
4: Hopefully, Marjorie Taylor Greene don't heckle me.
0: <laughs> we she will end it. on that, folks. I see might cuss week. on
4: C-SPAN or something. <laughs>
0: Welcome to your takeout, Outtake Especial. Monterey Brasserie is our location. Midtown Manhattan, 50th Street, right between Madison and Park. Very high tone neighborhood. Not the kind of place I typically hang out in, but that's where we are. Roy Wood Jr. is our special guest. Roy, yes, sir. Great to have you with us. Um, I want to ask you about the way people feel about politics. If I could tell people who get so revved up liberal or conservative one thing i would say these people that you are getting all revved up in defense of or against are not worth all your emotional energy no they are not they are political actors doing political things and 25 years ago we let them sort of do their political things we dip in and dip out but we would not rage farm ourselves and devote ourselves so emotionally to their fate they are not worth all your energy yeah agree or disagree
4: thousand percent agree It's actually like part of a space where I'm trying to get to and still figuring out all the pieces for the Mm -hmm. correspondence Dinner, but the idea of being so blindly loyal to a person and not the ideal is just odd to me. Like, that's just... It's odd. It's odd that you would drive to New York City and stand in front of a courthouse Mm -hmm. to support a former president who's accused of whatever he's accused of Mm -hmm. what does that just vote for that was all that was the deal it was just i like you i voted you didn't have to buy a shirt you didn't have to get suckered in the merch to let everybody else know where you stand and i'm on camera
0: and say he's like nelson mandela or jesus
4: yeah yeah and then who was it somebody else said he was like
0: tupac and biggie well, uh, would you would you would you care to uh, opine on
4: that? Well, he's nothing like Biggie because one, he's alive. So <laughs> yeah. let's start there. Two, uh, you're not nearly as loved <laughs> as Biggie. Mm-hmm. You have you have people who love Never you, no doubt. Be. Yeah, you've got not black as people that love you, but not like they love Biggie. <laughs> if Trump, Biggie, and Tupac was drowning, who do you think black people are reaching in? Come on now. At least I know Biggie's got money for real. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. The, uh-huh. Biggie yeah. ain't
4: never scammed the people. No. <laughs> hey, there, no there is bankruptcy filings. For we've, we've gotten to a place in politics where people support the person instead of the policy. Mm-hmm. And you start supporting people blindly because of the person and not looking at their policy and don't realize that a lot of that stuff you're spiting yourself. I don't even think politicians should be able to run by name and face. Mm
0: -hmm. Just by ideas?
4: Just by ideas. You shouldn't even see them. You shouldn't even...
0: There was was an experiment a couple of pollsters did near the end of the uh, Obama presidency in which they would just give ideas and not names Mm -hmm. to voters. And Republicans would identify and support Mm -hmm. Obama policies Mm -hmm. so long as they didn't know it was an Obama policy. Correct. Mm -hmm. And sometimes liberals or Democrats would support... Center right or conservative policies, as long as they didn't know whose names were, att- were attached I, like, to. People
4: are so entrenched in supporting party over policy that it makes no sense. I still think one of the biggest mistakes Barack Obama made was calling it Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Should just called it Republican Care, and half of the dummies that vote every year would have voted yes on Republican Care because the algorithm's not showing them all the truth anyway. Mm-hmm. No. Just, I'd have called it, I'd have called, if I was Biden right now, I would pass Trump care. So what if it's named after him? Did you help the people? Right. Everybody wants credit and a high five. Mm -hmm. You know, Tim Scott, Republican, had what I consider to be a fairly decent police reform bill. I know Mm -hmm. there were a couple of hiccups in it, but Democrats filibustered it. Right. So now we have no police reform whatsoever. Right. Because you proposed it and I didn't propose it and I won my bill to be the one that you like. You like my bill.
0: Right.
4: I don't like your bill. You have to like my bill because I'm trying to get reelected in a year mm-hmm. and a half.
0: And I want to go down in history. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I think this idea of just naming policies after <laughs> yourself, it's already... So will
0: you watch other correspondents <laughs> who do the who did the dinner? I mean, other, other comedic... Com- 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 oh, Jesus. Will you watch other sets at the correspondence dinner to prepare?
4: Will I? I've already done okay. that. Okay, yeah. All right. Repeatedly. I've watched them repeatedly. Right, right. Like, just again and Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Hasan Minhaj, Michelle Wolf, Wanda Sykes, Larry Wilmore. Like, I've watched them all (laughs) and just seeing tonally what it was. But it's just, it's hard, you know. I still have to do jokes that are fresh and tonally that reflect the moment we're in. Yep. Not the times we're in, the moment that week. Or that night even. Mm -hmm. Right. God forbid there's a shooting the day before or something weird that changes the tone of things. So I have to be cognizant of that. So it's hard to really look at old sets as a be-all, end-all approach. It's not like doing Letterman, you know, where you do Jimmy Fallon or some late-night show, and you go, okay, that comic started out slow, then ramped up, and the crowd crowd is a constant... like when you're doing a traditional comedy show, the crowd is not, the mood of the audience is not the variable. No. It's how you present yourself to that audience that is always static and mm-hmm. essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. The correspondence dinner, the tone of the audience changes. Yep. If Biden doesn't laugh first, will they not laugh? Right. Who knows? Like, put the jokes in the wrong order, it could kill the next four jokes. Yep. Yep. Right. Because I didn't do a joke that makes you laugh, so now oh, I made you mad, so now you're not going to laugh at my next three jokes in retaliation, but if I make you laugh first, so it's yeah. right. It's all of these but, if and only if variables, man.
0: As George Carlin said, whenever he did do stand stand-up, I'm here for me, you're here for me, so we're all here for me. <laughs> Roy Wood Jr., thanks for hanging out. It's been Thank great. Thank you, Major. And good luck.
4: Yes. Appreciate it.
0: That's your Takeout Outtake Especial, folks. We'll see you next week.
4: The Takeout is produced by
1: Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to TakeoutPodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News.
0: If you like the takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.
3: Some puzzles are hard to solve. Others are hard to prove. Listen to Blood is Thicker, The Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Access episodes early and ad-free with 48 Hours Plus on Apple Podcasts. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast.